0: and welcome to Coco Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sogadi. I'm a board certified obstetrician gynecologist, a family physician, and a minimally invasive robotic gynecologic surgeon. We are gonna talk more about pulmonary hypertension. We have been fortunate in our past two episodes to have had Dr. Jean M. Elwing, MD, FCCP, Professor of Medicine, Director, Pulmonary Hypertension Program at the University of Cincinnati, tell us about pulmonary hypertension, women and pregnancy we're summarizing in very layman's terms some of the topics she discussed. What is pulmonary hypertension? Pulmonary hypertension is a general term that is used to describe high blood pressure in the lungs from any cause. This is a different problem than high blood pressure in the whole body systemic hypertension. There are five different groups of pulmonary hypertension that are based on the causes. Different types of pulmonary hypertension can require different treatment, but all forms of pulmonary hypertension are serious and can be life-threatening. Pulmonary hypertension can also develop in children or in adults at any age. This fact sheet will focus on adults and describe what happens in pulmonary hypertension and the groups. How does blood flow in the lungs? To understand pulmonary hypertension, it helps to understand how blood flows throughout your body. While the heart is one organ, it works like two palms that are connected to one another. There is a left side and a right side of the heart, each with two different jobs. The left side of the heart, the left atrium, takes oxygen-rich blood coming from your lungs, and the left ventricle pumps this blood throughout your body since the left side of your heart has to pump blood such a great distance the left side of your heart is designed to pump against a fairly high pressure this pressure is easily measured with a blood pressure cuff and is called simply your blood pressure when your blood pressure is too high it is called systemic hypertension or Hypertension. After your blood has delivered oxygen to the tissues of your body, the blood needs to come back to the lungs to get more oxygen. It does this by returning the blood to the right side of the heart, the right atrium. And then the right ventricle pumps the blood into your lungs so the process can start over again. The blood does not need to travel very far to get to from the right side of your heart to your lungs. Therefore, the right side of your heart pumps against less pressure than the left side of your heart. The right side of your heart is therefore normally a low pressure system. The pressure that the right side of your heart is pumping against is called your pulmonary Pressure. What happens in the lungs and body with pulmonary hypertension? Well, when the pulmonary pressure is too high, it is called pulmonary hypertension. This puts stress on the right side of the heart because the muscles on the right side are not used to pushing blood out to the lungs against such high pressure. Over time, the right side of the heart is strained and begins to fail. The heart can lose its ability to pump enough blood through the lungs to meet the needs of the rest of the body. Blood gets backed up into the veins of the lungs. Because the blood has difficulty getting through the lungs to pick up oxygen, your blood oxygen level may be lower than normal. This can put a strain not only on your heart, but also decrease the amount of oxygen getting to your brain. These problems can lead to death. What are the different groups of pulmonary hypertension? Well, there are five different groups based on their causes. Group one, we're going to call pulmonary arterial hypertension, PAH. PAH differs from other forms of pulmonary hypertension in that the artery walls in the lungs are directly diseased. The arteries remodel and become narrow, thick, and stiff. There are several types of pulmonary arterial hypertension. There's the idiopathic PAH. This occurs without any clear cause. There's the hereditary PAH, due to genes that are passed down inherited in families. There's the PAH that occurs with other medical conditions, including having congenital heart disease, having liver disease or cirrhosis, HIV infection and connective tissue diseases such as scleroderma and lupus. There's the pulmonary arterial hypertension occurring with past or present drug use in that, for example, use of prescription amphetamines or certain diet pills, use of illicit drugs, such as cocaine and methamphetamines. Then there's group two, pulmonary hypertension due to left heart disease. When the left heart has problems that limit how well it can pump blood out to the body, it leads to a backup of blood in the lungs that raises the pressure in the lungs. Group two is the most common form of pulmonary hypertension. The left heart can have problems with weakened heart muscles that can't squeeze blood as well stiff heart muscles that can't relax normally, or with the valves on the left side of the heart. Group three is pulmonary hypertension due to lung disease. This group includes pulmonary hypertension due to chronic lung disease and or hypoxia, that is low oxygen levels. This can occur in lung diseases like COPD, cystic fibrosis, and interstitial lung disease. It can also occur with sleep apnea, particularly if not treated. It could also occur in a person who has been living in an area of high altitude for a long period of time because of the lower oxygen level in the air. Arteries in the lungs tighten so that blood can only go to areas of the lungs that are receiving the most air and oxygen. Group four is pulmonary hypertension due to chronic blood clots in the lungs. In this group, there are blood clots in the pulmonary arteries that the body has trouble dissolving. These clots block blood flow in the lungs causing high blood pressures. This form of pulmonary hypertension is called chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension. Group five is pulmonary hypertension due to unknown causes. In this group, pulmonary hypertension is secondary to other diseases in ways that are not well understood. These associated conditions include, but are not limited to sarcoidosis, sickle cell anemia, chronic hemolytic anemia, splenectomy, that is removal of your spleen, and certain metabolic disorders. What are the symptoms of pulmonary hypertension? There may be no signs or symptoms of pulmonary hypertension in its early stages. Over time, the high blood pressure in the lungs can put a stress on the heart, and low oxygen levels cause changes throughout the body. Some symptoms start out mild and get worse slowly, while others can come on all of a sudden. You can help your healthcare provider in diagnosing your condition by telling them what kind of symptoms you are having and if there's any worsening of these symptoms. For example, let your healthcare provider know if you notice any of the following, especially in pregnancy new or increased shortness of breath, dizziness, feeling like you might faint. Fainting or passing out, syncope, chest pain, heart palpitations, that is feeling like your heart is racing or pounding. New or worsening swelling of your feet, legs or belly, lips and or fingers turning blue. Pulmonary hypertension can be difficult to diagnose in a routine medical examination because the most common symptoms of pulmonary hypertension, such as breathlessness, fatigue, are also associated with conditions like normal pregnancy. If your healthcare provider suspects that you have pulmonary hypertension, he or she will want to review your medical and family history perform a physical examination and perform one or more diagnostic tests. Because different kinds of pulmonary hypertension are treated differently, it is important that your healthcare provider takes the time and order the necessary tests to find out what kind of pulmonary hypertension you may have. There are treatments available which can stop it from getting worse and help your symptoms. At this time, there is no cure for most people with pulmonary hypertension. There are centers specializing in pulmonary hypertension, including the center where our specialist for our podcast, Dr. Jean Elwing, practices in. Centers specializing in pulmonary hypertension may be the best option for care as they have dedicated doctors like Professor Jean M. Elwing, nurses and other staff to assist in your care. Now we're gonna talk about how to diagnose pulmonary hypertension in full. Pulmonary hypertension is hard to diagnose early because it's not often detected during a routine physical examination. Even when pulmonary hypertension is more advanced, its signs and symptoms are similar to those of other heart and lung conditions. To diagnose pulmonary hypertension, a healthcare provider will perform a physical examination and review your symptoms. You will likely be asked questions about your medical and family history. Blood and imaging tests are done to help diagnose pulmonary hypertension. And this test may include blood tests that can determine the cause of pulmonary hypertension or detect signs of complications. A chest X-ray. A chest X-ray creates pictures of the heart of the lungs and of the chest. A chest X-ray may be used to check for other lung conditions that may cause pulmonary hypertension. We do perform chest X-rays in pregnancy with an abdominal shield to protect the unborn baby. An electrocardiogram, an ECG or an EKG. This simple test records the electrical activity of the heart. It can detect changes in the heartbeat. Patterns on an EKG may reveal signs of right ventricle enlargement or strain. An echocardiogram. Sound waves are used to create moving images of the beating heart. An echocardiogram shows blood flow through your heart. This test may be done to help diagnose pulmonary hypertension or help determine how well treatments are working. Sometimes an echocardiogram is done while exercising on a stationary bike or treadmill to learn how activity affects your heart. If you have this test, you may be asked to wear a mask that checks how well the heart and lungs use oxygen and carbon dioxide. Right heart catheterization. If an echocardiogram reveals pulmonary hypertension, you will likely have a right heart catheterization to confirm the diagnosis. During this procedure, a cardiologist places a thin, flexible tube, a catheter, into a blood vessel, usually in the groin. The catheter is gently guided into the right lower heart chamber, the right ventricle and the pulmonary artery. A cardiologist can then measure blood pressure in the main pulmonary arteries and the right ventricle. Other tests may be done to check the condition of the lungs and pulmonary arteries and further determine the cause of pulmonary hypertension. A CT scan, this imaging takes a series of x-rays to create cross-sectional pictures of the bones, the blood vessels, and soft tissues inside the body. Dye, also called contrast, may be injected into a vein to help the blood vessels show up more clearly on the images. A heart or a cardiac CT scan can show the size of the heart and any blockages in the pulmonary arteries. It can help diagnose lung diseases that might lead to pulmonary hypertension, such as COPD or pulmonary fibrosis. MRI, this uses magnetic fields and radio waves to create detailed images of the heart. It can show blood flow in the pulmonary arteries and determine how well the lower right heart chamber, the right ventricle is working. Pulmonary or lung function test. This non-invasive test measures how much air the lungs can hold and the air flow in and out of the lungs. The test involves blowing into an instrument called a spirometer. Sleep study. A sleep study measures the brain activity, heart rate, blood pressure, oxygen levels, and other factors during sleep. A sleep study can help diagnose obstructive sleep apnea, which can cause pulmonary hypertension. A VQ scan. In this test, a radioactive tracer is given by IV. The tracer shows blood flow and airflow to the lungs, a VQ scan can determine whether blood clots are causing symptoms of pulmonary hypertension. Open lung biopsy. Rarely, an open lung biopsy may be done to check for a possible cause of pulmonary hypertension. An open lung biopsy is a type of surgery in which a small sample of tissue is removed from the lungs genetic testing. If a family member has had pulmonary hypertension, screening for genes that are linked with disease may be recommended. If you test positive, your healthcare provider might recommend screening other family members. Once a diagnosis of pulmonary hypertension is confirmed, the condition is classified according to how the symptoms affect you and your ability to do your everyday tasks. Functional classifications of pulmonary hypertension fall into one of the following categories. Class one, functional classification is that pulmonary hypertension is diagnosed, but there are no symptoms. You have no symptoms during rest or exercise. Plus two, there are no symptoms at rest. Everyday chores or activities, such as going to work or the grocery store, may cause some shortness of breath or mild chest pain. There's a slight limitation of physical activity. In class three, it's you're comfortable at rest, but doing simple tasks such as bathing, dressing, or preparing meals causes fatigue, shortness of breath and chest pain. The ability to do physical activity becomes limited. And in class four, functional classification of pulmonary hypertension, your symptoms occur at rest and during physical activity, any type of activity causes increasing discomfort. So there is no cure, like we said, for pulmonary hypertension, but treatment is available at centers in the United States to help improve signs and symptoms and slow the progress of the disease. It often takes some time to find the most appropriate treatment for pulmonary hypertension. The treatments are often complex and require extensive follow-up care. When pulmonary hypertension is caused by another condition, treatment is given for the underlying cause whenever possible. Medications are available to help improve symptoms of pulmonary hypertension and to slow the progression of the disease. Medications that may be prescribed to treat pulmonary hypertension symptoms or complications include blood vessel dilators, called vasodilators. This type of medicine relaxes and opens narrowed blood vessels, improving blood flow. Vesodilators may be taken by mouth, inhaled, injected, given by IV infusion. A commonly prescribed vasodilator for pulmonary hypertension is Flolan. This drug continuously flows through an IV attached to a small pump that is worn in a pack on the belt or shoulder. Potential side effects of this medication include jaw pain, nausea, diarrhea, leg cramps, and pain and infection at the IV site. Other vasodilators include treprostinil, which is Tyvaso, which can be inhaled, injected, or taken by mouth. The medication Ventavis is given while breathing in through a nebulizer. That is a machine that vaporizes the medication. Side effects of treprostinil include chest pain, often with headache and nausea and breathlessness. Possible side effects of all the other medications include headache, nausea, and diarrhea. There are other classes of medications, like the GSC stimulators, that increase nitric oxide in the body, which relaxes the pulmonary arteries and lowers pressures in the lungs. The side effects of these medications, again, include nausea, dizziness, and fainting. We do not give these stimulators in pregnancy. There are some medications that widen the blood vessels. These medications are called endothelin receptor antagonists. They reverse the effect of a substance in the wall of blood vessels that causes them to narrow. Such drugs include bosentan. They may improve energy level and symptoms. However, they can damage the liver. Monthly blood tests may be done to check liver function tests. Again, we do not give these medications during pregnancy. There are some medications that increase blood flow. These medications are called PDE5 inhibitors. They may be used to increase blood flow through the lungs. These medications are also used to treat erectile dysfunction and they include Viagra and Cialis. Other medications include high dose calcium channel blockers. These drugs help relax the muscles and the walls of the blood vessels. They include amlodipine, deltiazem and nifedipine. Although calcium channel blockers can be effective Only a small number of people with pulmonary hypertension improve while taking them. And then we also have blood thinners, anticoagulants like warfarin. They may be prescribed to help prevent blood clots. Blood thinners increase the risk of bleeding, especially in those who are having surgery or an invasive procedure. If you take blood thinners, you will need to, have occasional blood tests to see if the medicine is working as it should. Don't stop taking blood thinners without first talking to your healthcare provider. Many other drugs, herbal supplements, and food can interact with blood thinner warfarin. So always tell your provider about your diet and all the medications you take, including those bought without a prescription. We have digoxin. This medicine helps the heart beat stronger and pump more blood. It can help control irregular heartbeats called arrhythmias. And then we have water pills, diuretics. These medications help the kidneys remove excess fluid from the body. This reduces the amount of work the heart has to do. Diuretics may also be used to reduce fluid buildup in the lungs, legs, and abdomen. And then we have oxygen therapy. Breathing pure oxygen is sometimes recommended as a treatment for pulmonary hypertension, especially for those who live at a high altitude or have sleep apnea. Continuous oxygen therapy may be needed. Now, let's talk about surgery and other procedures. If medications do not help control signs and symptoms of pulmonary hypertension, surgery may be recommended. Surgeries to treat pulmonary hypertension include atrial septostomy. This open-heart surgery may be recommended if medications don't control pulmonary hypertension signs and symptoms. In an atrial septostomy, a surgeon creates an opening between the upper left and right chambers of the heart, the atria, to relieve the pressure on the right side of the heart. Potential complications of this kind of surgery include heart rhythm problems, arrhythmia. Another surgical option is lung or heart-lung transplant. Sometimes a lung or heart-lung transplant may be recommended, especially for younger people who have idiopathic pulmonary arterial hypertension. The major risks of any type of transplantation include rejection of the transplanted organ and serious infection. So immunosuppressant drugs must be taken for life to help reduce the chance of rejection. But there are lifestyle changes and home remedies that are also recommended. So although medical treatment can't cure pulmonary hypertension, it can lessen symptoms. Lifestyle changes also may help improve pulmonary hypertension. So consider these tips, get plenty of rest, resting can reduce fatigue related to pulmonary hypertension. Stay active as possible. Even the mildest form of activity might be too exhausting for some people who have pulmonary hypertension. For others, moderate exercise such as walking might be beneficial, especially when done during oxygen therapy. Usually it's recommended that people with pulmonary hypertension not lift heavy weights. Your healthcare provider can help you plan an appropriate exercise program. Don't smoke. If you smoke, the most important thing you can do for your heart and lungs is to stop. If you can't stop smoking by yourself, Ask your healthcare provider to prescribe a treatment plan to help you quit. Also, avoid secondhand smoke if possible. Talk to a healthcare provider before becoming pregnant. Pulmonary hypertension, as we have discussed in the two preceding episodes before this can cause serious complications to both mom and her baby during pregnancy. Birth control pills can increase the risk of blood clots. So talk to your healthcare provider about alternative forms of birth control. Avoid high altitudes because high altitudes can make pulmonary hypertension worse. If you live at an altitude of 8,000 feet, that is 2,438 meters or higher, your care provider might recommend you move to a lower altitude. Avoid situations that can excessively lower blood pressure. These include sitting in a hot tub or sauna or taking long hot baths or shower. Such activities lower blood pressure and can cause fainting or even death. Also avoid activities that cause prolonged straining, such as lifting heavy objects or weights. Eat healthy and manage your weight. Eat a healthy diet rich in whole grains, fruits and vegetables, lean meats, low fat dairy products, Avoid saturated fat, trans fat and cholesterol. Limit your salt intake. Aim to maintain a healthy body weight. Review all your medications with your healthcare provider. Tell your provider about all the medications you take, including those bought without a prescription. Some medications can make pulmonary hypertension worse or interfere with its treatment. Take all your medications as prescribed. Your care provider may work with another specialist to determine and manage the best drug treatment for pulmonary hypertension. Get regular health checkups. Tell your provider about any new or worsening symptoms or medication side effects. If pulmonary hypertension affects your quality of life Ask about options that could help. Get recommended vaccines. Respiratory infections can cause serious health concerns for people with pulmonary hypertension. Ask your provider about recommended vaccines to prevent common viral infections. Get support. Connecting with others who are going through similar situations may help you ease and manage stress. Ask your provider if there are any pulmonary hypertension support. If you think you might have pulmonary hypertension or are worried about your pulmonary hypertension risk, make an appointment with your healthcare provider. While shortness of breath is one of the first symptoms of pulmonary hypertension. The symptom is also common with many other conditions such as asthma and pregnancy. Appointments can be brief. There's often a lot to discuss. So it's a good idea to be prepared for your appointment. Some of the things that you can do to prepare for your appointment include Be aware of any pre-appointment restrictions. At the time you make the appointment, be sure to ask if there's anything you need to do in advance, such as fill out forms or restrict your diet. For some imaging tests, for example, you might need to avoid food or drink for a period of time beforehand. Write down any symptoms you are having including any that might seem unrelated to pulmonary hypertension. Try to remember when they began. Be specific, such as writing down the number of days, weeks, or months the symptoms have been around for. Write down key personal information including any family history of pulmonary hypertension, lung disease, heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure or diabetes, or any major stresses or recent life changes. Make a list of all medications, as well as any vitamins or supplements that you are taking. Also, be sure to tell your provider if you've recently stopped taking any medications. Take a family member or friend along if possible. Sometimes it can be difficult to remember all the information provided to you during an appointment. Someone who comes with you might remember something that you missed or forgot. Be prepared to discuss your diet and exercise habits. If you don't already follow a diet or exercise routine, Talk to your provider about any challenges you might face in getting started. Write down questions to ask your healthcare provider. List your questions from most important to least important in case time runs out. For pulmonary hypertension, some basic questions to ask your healthcare provider include what is the likely cause of my symptoms or condition? What are other possible causes for my symptoms or condition? What kinds of tests will I need? What's the most appropriate treatment for me? What's an appropriate level of physical activity? How often should I be screened for any changes in my condition? What are the alternatives to the primary approach that you are suggesting? I have other health conditions. How can I best manage them together? Are there any restrictions that I need to follow? Should I see a specialist? Is there a generic alternative to the medication you're prescribing? Are there any brochures or printed material that I can take home with me? What websites do you recommend? Don't hesitate to ask other questions during your appointment. And what to expect from your doctor. Your healthcare provider is likely to ask you many questions. Being ready to answer them right away might save time to go over any details you want to spend more time on. Your provider might ask, when did your first symptom begin? Do you always have symptoms or do they come and go? How severe are your symptoms? What, if anything, seems to improve symptoms? What, if anything, seems to worsen symptoms? So as we wrap this up, what can you do in the meantime? It's never too late to make healthy life changes, such as quitting smoking, cutting down on salt, and eating a healthy diet. These changes may help prevent pulmonary hypertension from getting worse. In closing for this episode, we want to refer you back to Dr. Jean Elwing, professor of medicine, her podcast on Cocoa Pods, where she talked about the risks associated with pregnancy and pulmonary hypertension. She talks about a lot of pulmonary hypertension happening in women, that 70% of people with pulmonary hypertension are women between the ages of 30 and 50 years old. So it is important for women to be screened and counseled when necessary to avoid pregnancy. And if as a pregnant woman, you find yourself with a diagnosis of pulmonary hypertension, you need to be seen in conjunction with a specialist that manages pulmonary hypertension. Dr. Jean Elwing, professor of medicine, thank you very much for enlightening us on the topic of pulmonary hypertension for women, for pregnant women, and in general. Thank you.